Hi, I'm Coach Bal Whiting, two-time NCAA champion and former WNBA player, and you're listening to Pro Sports Podcasters. We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind. It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters, with your hosts, Nee Wallace-Bruce, Corbert Durand, and Justin Williams. On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world, covering every sport from artistic gymnastics to weightlifting. We have something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing the game, the coaches, or the media, we've got you covered. Fun and informative, honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters. I'm one half your host today, Justin Williams. And accompanied with me today is the man, the myth, the legend, the one that makes my voice sound good, the one who's currently multitasking, he's compiling an episode because this man never sleeps, the guy who knows all about NFTs and football galore, thinks that live is the curse of the PGA world, but we're going to get into that in probably not this podcast, but as you know what it is. And he knows everything about NFTs. Uh, check out our website, prosportspodcasters.com, and our newsletter to kind of hear what this man has to say. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Colbert Durant. Kobe, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic, buddy. How you doing, Justin? I am living the dream. And you know, we have a guest today, and um, you were a bit late due to some technical issues, so I got to kind of have a one-on-one chat with her. As amazing as a person as I think I am, uh, she is just far better. Ladies and gentlemen, this individual is the executive vice president of sports philanthropy network she has eight kids rescues everything she's just a super mom and ladies and gentlemen please welcome kayla broughton kayla how you doing i'm doing great thank you so much happy to be here ah good we're so happy to have you so thank you (laughs) i'll kick this off how did you start this whole network tell me from the ground up All right. Well, fun fact, I grew up super poor. Um, I grew up so poor that we didn't have a car. Sometimes we didn't have a phone. Sometimes we didn't have a TV. And I was a young child. And you know that day when you get the permission slip for band and the permission slip for summer sports? It was that day. And that day I knew I was going to be like this amazing alto saxophone player Mm -hmm. and I wanted to play baseball. So when the teacher gave me the softball permission slip, I said, oh, no, I need the baseball one, please. And that's when I learned back in the 80s, girls couldn't play baseball. We needed big, fat softballs to play sports. So I went home and I'm all excited and I give my mom the permission slips and she looks at me and she says, money doesn't grow on on trees. Right. And I knew that was the end of it. Like we did not have money for me to play in the band or to play sports. So I went back to school the next day and I hand my teacher back the permission slips. And of course, they're unsigned. And... Just, you know, that little quiet tear that slides down your eye? Mm-hmm. That. And my teacher said, Kayla, why are you crying? And I just looked at her and I said, because money doesn't grow on trees. Oh. And that was the first time I understood what hopelessness feels like. Right. Right. And um, I, I don't know who, but somebody paid my registration fees for me to play softball that summer. Mm -hmm. I'll never know who to thank. Uh, I played third base and left field. And and frankly, guys, I I wasn't very good, right? 
but I was able to play softball. Mm-hmm. And I remember a nice sunny day. I'm standing out on third base and I'm just like, man, this is awesome. This is so great. And I just, you know, really hope that someday when I grew up, I'd be able to give other kids that opportunity who couldn't afford to play sports. That feeling that I felt out in the sunshine with an old leather glove in my hand, just waiting to knock someone out on third base, right? So I'm in 2018, I'm at a Tony Robbins event at the United Center in Chicago. That memory sort of resurfaces itself when I'm really thinking about my destiny. I had sort of hit the glass ceiling in the fitness industry managing fitness centers. And that memory came flooding back to me. Ironically, I met my partner there and he had the same vision, the same mission. He had practiced law for a number of years. He had taught sports law at Northwestern University and had the same vision. And about six months later, Sports Philanthropy Network was born. That's the story. So that story goes back decades, decades in 2018 and decades. Yes. There you go. Well, I mean, with the whole COVID thing that happened, I still feel like I'm in 2020. So, you know, only two years ago was 2018 for me. I hear you. Mentally. The way you described it, you're very articulate in that sense. Have you thought about or have you written a book that I just haven't seen yet? I have not written a book. I do public speaking. I'm very passionate about serving the less fortunate, being a servant leader. I'm also very passionate about women and girls in sports and the DEI space. We'd love to see that then. I mean, just like I said, your your voice is very captivating. The way you kind of paint these these pictures with your with your words is is is, is like a fixation almost. Like I'm I could feel like I was there with the with the glove in my hand. Now, just to kind of break the little bit of the sadness that we saw from and felt from that, how well did you do during that the junior season of softball? Did you guys win? Did you guys like what? What was your record there? Well, we played for the I played for the Reds, mm-hmm. and you know I, I'm just going to be honest with you. I can't tell you how many games we won or we lost, but I can tell you that for the first time in my life. I knew what being on a team felt like. I knew what being coachable meant. Mm -hmm. I knew what being a good team player meant. And, like, let this not, you know, get away from any of us. Right. There were snacks there. When I say I grew up poor, the fact that there were oranges and and drinks, that was huge. Right. Well, I mean, I'm glad to see that uh, you've essentially come such a long way and you're very strong woman and it's glad to see it we love it even the dog agrees with me too we're a very <laughs> dog friendly show so it's okay for anybody listening um you know you and i spoke about this before the show but there is a rescue german shepherd in the house two rescue cats eight children and a blue beta fish named molly somewhere so, i hope hopefully it's in her bowl i mean that would be terrible <laughs> if she's like outside just vibing out like help me or with the two rescue cats. That, yeah, exactly. I feel like they're not having souffle tonight. <laughs> yeah, so Kayla, what is the primary purpose of the Sports Philanthropy Network or its mission statement, if you will? So we have three primary initiatives. We, we use social responsibility. Oh. Our three primary initiatives are athlete health and safety, access, and DEI. 
and sports just has a way of tying all of that together. You know what I mean? Okay. And is there a large network of athletes that are a part of this? Yeah, we're super blessed. You know, there's so many athletes who have amazing giving hearts and they want to the community. They already are. A lot of athletes have their own foundations or charities. The nice thing about this, guys, is, as you know, a lot of sports are set up in silos, right? So the football players know the football players, the hockey players know the hockey players, the soccer players know the soccer players, and it goes on and on, volleyball, gymnastics, lacrosse, you name it. One of the things that we're able to do is break down those silos, get athletes uh, who are passionate about breast cancer or feeding the hungry or asthma, whatever their passions are, we can connect them with other athletes outside of their league. So we work with professional athletes. We work with the D1, D2, D3, big college influencers um, using NIL for good. And we work with the teams, the leagues, and the governing bodies to really serve as a resource for sports nonprofits throughout the world. Okay, okay. So as someone I follow because of the amount of sort of philanthropy he's done is J.J. Watt. Yeah. So J.J. Watt had a huge impact when it came to the, the situation in Houston when he was playing for the Texans, the flooding and such there. But even recently, I saw a post on Facebook where a couple had put a J.J. Watt jersey up for sale and some sneakers up for sale because right now times are tough. And they figured it was something valuable that someone else would want. He saw the ad on Facebook Marketplace or whatever and said, don't sell it. Whatever you need, I'll I'll pay for it. Keep the jersey. Stay a fan. Keep the shoes. Don't worry about it. I've got it. So it's, it's that kind of an impact that you're looking to make, correct? Yeah, and that's huge because as far as I remember that story, that was a girl trying to pay for her grandfather's funeral services. Yes. I can only imagine, right? And, you know, JJ's local to me. I live in Milwaukee. He he's a he's a badger, right? So when I when I hear these things, he's one of hundreds of athletes who hear something good and the thing is, we always hear the bad when it comes to sports, right? An athlete does something and Twitter's going to blow up for a week straight. Mhm. But when they do good, at best, you might see a social media post. But we're not blowing up Twitter when an athlete is making the world a better place, when they're creating hope and possibility. They just get lost. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I'm a I'm a football fan. I'm also a Denver Broncos fan. Russell Wilson just came over to the Denver Broncos. Yeah. Russell Wilson, I've been following because I am also a Seahawks fan. They're like the two, my <laughs> two favorite teams. And he got <laughs> traded from one to the other. But I saw what he achieved in Seattle. Him and Ciara achieved in Seattle. So I expect the same sort of situation to come to Denver. Anywhere he goes, he just brings a lot of positivity with him. How do you, as a, a nonprofit, as a charity where you're looking to kind of highlight these athletes. How, how do you go about highlighting them? Well, let, if you don't mind, I'm going to take you back a second. I'm just going to brag on Russell for a little bit, and, and then I'll tell you how we highlight him because I was just with him a few months ago. So I'm at the Pro Bowl, and 
there's two types of athletes, guys. You have athletes who are at Pro Bowl practice and they can't get off the field fast enough to get back into the locker room. And frankly, that's okay. They're not getting paid to be there to interact with the fans. It's not fair for us to put these sort of expectations on them like, hey, you're at the Pro Bowl. You're supposed to do this, right? They're there doing their job. Their job Mm -hmm. is to play in the Pro Bowl. Russell Wilson, on the other hand, is there, and I'm not kidding, guys, an hour, hour and a half before practice, an hour, hour and a half after practice, he's out there signing footballs for kids, shaking hands, encouraging the kids, right? He didn't need to do that. No one's paying Russell to be out there with the fans. So Mm -hmm. that's who Russell is. So when you say, oh, I love number three, I understand why. I was with him and Sierra and their beautiful children at an event honoring some of the greatest football players ever. And, you know, you talk about how do you highlight them? Russell doesn't apologize for his faith. He doesn't apologize for making the world a better place through sports. He's humble. He lifts up his wife, holds and hugs and kisses his children and uses football as a tool for good. So how can I not go on social media and post pictures of Russell Wilson? How can I not share the story of him and Sierra and their kids? He, he's an amazing man. For sure. 100%. 100% you've got no no uh, argument for me whatsoever. I just love everything he does. Everything he puts out is positive. And at a time times like this, you need that kind of positivity around you, especially from someone that so many people look up to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. I mean, he does seem like a really great dude. I would love to meet him, shake his hand, and ask so many questions to the point where he would probably never want to shake another fan's hand again. <laughs> but I'm uh, when it comes back to, to sports philanthropy in itself, did you have a mentor or someone you, you looked up to when you came to creating this website, creating the foundation, creating all of this? Or was it just kind of you and research? Well, my mentor has been the school of hard knocks, Mm -hmm. right? I've always considered myself a scrapper. I feel like my whole life, my back has been pushed up against the wall. I grew up severely physically, sexually, and emotionally abused. I didn't know when I graduated from high school if I wanted to go into sports media or be an engineer. I got called into the guidance counselor's office in high school, Kayla, Kayla, Kayla. You know, those are probably not good fields for a girl to go into. Did you consider being a teacher or a nurse, right? So my whole life has been sort of overcoming obstacles. And, and I'll tell you guys, for any of your listeners out there, especially for your female audience, um, I did go to college and declare education as my major. I ended up graduating with degrees in communication, media, and theater. Follow your heart. Don't don't let people tell you what you should do or what you can do or what you ought to do. Follow your heart. But for me, the school of hard knocks, as I said, for my partner, Roy, he graduated with a jurist, practiced law for many years, realized he didn't want to be in a firm, became an NFL agent, did a lot of uh, legal practice in the sports field, taught sports law. And so he came with this background of the legal side. I came from this background of I know what it feels like to be underserved. I know the people that we're seeking to help because I'm one of them. 
So I came with the story and a background in marketing and sales and media. So you combine those two skills and we've been frankly pretty relentless. Yeah, I can see. I mean, I'm on your website right now. It looks absolutely spectacular. You have really easy kind of finding resources and stuff like that, even down to the scholarship donation form, which I think is brilliant and beautiful. And there's subcategories and subcategories and Oh my lord! You guys put a lot of time and effort just to the website alone. I can only imagine the whole foundation and everything that kind of got uh, got this whole going for you. This episode is brought to you by Kettlebell Kickboxing Canada. Get into your best shape with their comprehensive programs. So sign up now to either their basic package or warrior package with the code PSPKB all caps for fifteen percent off. Stay fit this winter with Kettlebell Kickboxing Canada have to give credit to our team. Every cohort, we have about 15 to 20 interns. They do an amazing job of research and graphic design and helping us with all of those components. And what we realized is, uh, you know, there's something missing for our young people who want to go into sports or any other career. And that's this preparation of soft skills. Mm-hmm. So all of our internships are really built around using sports philanthropy as a way to teach initiative, communication, and effort. And our goal is that when our interns graduate and they're looking for their first real job and they hear, why should I hire you? They'll be able to say, listen, I know you can teach me how to do a job. I love sports. I want to be in the sports field. The reason you should hire me is because I put a lot of time in understanding initiative, communication, and effort. That's our goal. Well, that shines through with everything you do. Now, I just want to ask another quick question. Do you have almost like a a success story so far, aside from yourself and and all that, but like a success story with sports philanthropy that you want to share with us? Um, Yeah, this is going to be a, a success story in the making, if you don't mind. Do it. But I w- we were in Atlanta at the NIL Influencer Summit, and we met a Uganda lacrosse player. The Uganda men's lacrosse team has qualified for the Worlds in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Now, the women's team also qualified. The, the women's team could not even begin the process of getting the visas. Ireland said, listen, we're afraid that if you come here, you won't leave. You'll become a burden of the state Oh, because the team is so poor. Mm-hmm. So we're working with Yusuf and his team to get the Uganda men's lacrosse team to Ireland. They're doing a huge fundraising campaign. Time is of the essence, but there's no way to get that team over there without the support of benevolent benefactors who say, wow, money should not hold back athletes who have played well and deserve to go to the Worlds in Ireland. So we're working with them on something that we call NIL for Good. Uh, Yusuf is using his name, image, and likeness to do fundraising in partnership with us on a text-to-give campaign to get the entire team over to Ireland. I think that's pretty amazing. That's a success story. That's absolutely beautiful. You are right. And I wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Yeah, that was actually my next question was how how big is your reach? Was it a localized thing? Was it just America or North America? But obviously, there's no boundaries here. You're going to reach out and help whoever you feel deserves it the most. 
what goes into deciding who's going to get the the foundation's help? Uh, that's a great question because everybody thinks that we are the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. And we're just fanning out green dollar bills to whoever we like the most. That's not our mission. And frankly, guys, that's not our vision either. We can give a fish or we can teach to fish. Mm-hmm. Our nonprofit is all about teaching how to fish. So we do things like executive director masterminds, fundraising masterminds, using NIL for good, using Speak for Good programs so that athletes can use, and I'm talking professional athletes, and and the term technically still applies, so I'm going to use it, their name, their image, and their likeness, to do public speaking and be able to give a portion back to charity. Um, So at the end of the day, it's not us saying, well, you're worth 10,000, you're worth 25,000, and you're worth 100,000. It's all about saying, where are you at and how do we help you scale? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes, that makes total sense, actually. And um, I don't know if it's something you've, you've considered or even thought about, but I mean, so you went on to college. I, I assume you were under some form of a, a uh, state assistance or whatever to attend college. Yeah, great, great story and great question. I'm really thankful you asked that. I did go to college on scholarship. Um, I also worked four jobs while I was in college. But here's the thing. I grew up in a little town in Wisconsin with 8,000 people. I had no network. Again, we didn't even have a car, right? We didn't have a phone. Mm -hmm. So I'm this very simple girl going to college. I made a choice to go to college where the Green Bay Packers have training camp. I did that because I knew that if I was going to be successful, I needed to build a network. So I'm at St. Norbert. The Packers are at training camp. I'm working as their bartender. I'm working in the cafeteria feeding them. I'm working in the dish room. I'm catering for them wherever the Green Bay Packers are. That's where Kayla was going to be. And I, yes, the, the way this turned out, I had a crush on if, if, you know, anybody here is older than 40, they probably remember Gilbert Brown, the gravedigger. So mm-hmm. I had a, I had a crush on the gravedigger and I'd always be like, extra scoop of turkey tetrazzini, Mr. Brown. And one day he's walking back from the dining hall to his dorm and I throw a frisbee at him. He throws it back. We start talking. He takes me out for a steak. Very cordial, very respectful, very polite, asks me what my goals are, what my dreams are, and he encourages me. And he says, and now now keep in mind, Gilbert Brown was academic, all-American Jayhawk. And he says, you know what? You can do this. I support you. I believe in you. You're smart. Look at how hard you work. And he starts telling Leroy Butler and, and other guys from the team, hey, this is Kayla. You know, she's everywhere we go. This is her story. Reggie White is saying, Kayla, I believe in you. Keep the faith, right? So now I have this whole entire team of people that I respect saying, I believe in you. You can do this. You got this. You're going to do this. And you know the crazy thing about that is? Somewhere along the line, you start to believe it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the power of influence. That's the power of encouragement, right? So I actually, guys, uh, you know, very humbly, I ended up graduating college in three and a half years. 
quite a few degrees. I, I and I, I'm not saying this to brag. I'm saying it to inspire. Degrees in communication, media, theater, an emphasis in management, a concentration in leadership, a minor in English, and and the recipient of a very prestigious award for leadership and volunteer work. That's not because I'm so great. That's because there were leaders and influencers who encouraged and inspired me to give everything I had. And and fun fact, to this day, Gilbert Brown and I are still friends. He supports over 48 children's charities to this day. Wow. There's the story. <laughs> now, are you are you behind and do you agree with the decision to start paying college athletes for their likenesses and such? You know, um, so again, I'm a mom of eight children. As a mother of eight kids, guys, you know, when this started, I was thinking, you know, schools are fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. The agreement is sort of this. The school is giving you a free ride to school. That's more money each year than most Americans make, right? So when this started, I was like, I don't know, it seems fair to me, like you're getting a free ride to school, you're going to go play a sport, that's the way it is. But as this unraveled, and as we started looking at the opportunity to use NIL for good, it goes so much bigger. Now, there there are a lot of sharks right now to get any kind of NIL contract going, it's going to require the student, their parents, the uh, the NIL agent, the lawyer, the school. It's turning into a big web. But here's where it becomes important, guys. And, and I'll use, seeing that we talked about Russell Wilson, I'll use another Badger example. I was sitting down with Graham Mertz yesterday, who plays for the Badgers. And Graham loves to golf. He's passionate about First Tee, which is a nonprofit um, that really reaches and teaches underserved kids and gives them access to golf, which I think is beautiful. We, we all know that golf is notoriously a rich white sport. Correct. To have this conversation with Graham and say, you know, Graham, with NIL, you can actually raise money for golf. You can put on golf camps, you can support First Tee, and you can get paid using NIL for good. And when you look at that, guys, NIL comes into a whole different light, right? Because what I've seen with some of these sharks is we're going to give you $50 worth of pizza each month, but we're going to own your name, image, and likeness for perpetuity. Uh-huh. That is not good for the athlete. Mm-hmm. But giving the athlete the power to support the initiatives and causes that they're passionate about and get them into positions where if they don't go pro, they're using their name, image, and likeness to create impact in the community to raise money for the things they're passionate about. That's good. That's noble. That's right. And that's the way NIL should be done. Does that make sense? Yeah, so essentially you're educating these new young athletes what the possibilities are utilizing NIL in different situations. Absolutely. Our whole thing is to to be able to use NIL for good. You nailed it. All right, excellent. Yes, so uh, just before we wrap up this interview, there's a few things I always ask every guest, and I just, you know, you're no exception. 
Uh, have you ever had a Canadian dish called a poutine? Uh, well, we watch Food Network at our house. Um, <laughs> I, I have not had it, but I am familiar with it. Okay. Okay. Well, if you ever come to the Toronto area, we must treat you to a poutine. I would love that. That actually surprises me. So you're from the cheese state. I am. And cheese curds are a thing there, right? Correct. Very much so. So are, are Putin's not available there? Too Canadian. Uh, too Canadian. Too Canadian. <laughs> oh, it, it is? Really? <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I, I actually almost want to like just Google near me and, and see. <laughs> but I, you'll, you'll see weird things. I mean, you'll see cheese curds or cheese sauce over French fries or French fries, chili and cheese sauce. But you really won't see Putin. Okay. and Not that I see. Where you grew up, how close were you to the border? Uh, border of Wisconsin, Illinois, or Wisconsin, Canada? Canada. Well, Wisconsin, I have the lake above me and the lake to the east of me, so okay, I'm actually that, surrounded that by the Great Lakes. Yep. Okay, okay. All right. Definitely something I would try. Oh, perfect. Thank you so much. Where can our fans find you on social media? LinkedIn at Kayla Connecting Sport to Goodness, Bradham. Uh, Facebook or Instagram are the three best places. All right. Perfect. Oh, thank you. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. For even more of your favorite sports content, be sure to visit the website www.prosportspodcasters.com. On our website, you will find our sports blog, full podcast library, access to our YouTube channel, and deals from our affiliate partners. You can also sign up to become a PSP Insider and get exclusive access to our insider tips, sponsor giveaways, and insider newsletter. So don't miss out on the full Pro Sports Podcasts experience. Where no sport is left behind.